Thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Reformation Lutheran Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Our readings this week were from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, and the Gospel of Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. Thanks for listening, and you can worship with us each week online on Facebook Live, Sundays at 9 a.m. Thanks, and God bless you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Theologian Karl Barth is often credited with advice for clergy to preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. I'm mindful that many of us are weary of the news these days. The partisan bickering and the harmful rhetoric we hear, the ongoing culture clash, the reality of suffering and disease and division, we see it every day. It's something with which we are all well aware. Maybe it's hard these days to see the good stuff, and we lament more than we rejoice. Maybe we're unable to see how we will get through a new school year, or survive the next round of layoffs, or stick together as a church despite the troubles that we all face. Maybe it's hard for you to see Jesus right now. That happens. It's normal, and it's okay not to be okay here. Faith doesn't prevent us from feeling pain. It doesn't inoculate us from illnesses or difficulties that come with just being human. It doesn't make us perfect. But the promise from Scripture is that faith in Jesus frees us. We are Lutheran Christians, after all, and we know that we are saved by grace through faith. We believe it, we know it, and we speak it, and we share it. So that even when times are hard, we know we don't trust in ourselves but in Jesus, who is making all things new. This weekend, we also remember Labor Day, usually by taking a trip or having a barbecue, a big party with family and friends, just taking some time off of work. But now that we are not gathering in large groups, or we shouldn't be anyway, more than ever, we are mindful of those who do not have work, and every industry in our city has been hard hit, But especially, we're thinking of conventions and those workers, entertainers and our hardworking hospitality folks who are facing extended unemployment. This holiday itself is, of course, a recognition of the lives invested in the labor movement and those who gave of themselves so that workers would have safer conditions and better treatment from employers and fairer standards. Most of us can't imagine working in a field or a factory or a mine. I know I can't. But maybe your grandparents or your parents shared stories about what that was like. It would certainly be painful at times, with long hours, sacrifices made for the support of a family. Even in our modern workplaces, even for those of us in careers and vocations that we love and appreciate, there are times when we need a break or when we'd rather be somewhere else, but we feel like we just have to keep going and we get broken down. We know from the letters of the Apostle Paul that by trade he was a tent maker, right? He went from town to town sharing the good news of Jesus and he had to work. That's pretty hard labor. It's probably not the most exciting part of his life, but it was what he did to sustain himself. Eventually, he'd make some friends who helped to support him along the way, and often it was women who helped to financially support 
the new faith communities that Paul helped to organize. But when he came to new places, he knew he had to work. He knew about tents, so that's what he did. He knew that as hard as you'd worked on one, as well made as it was, it couldn't last forever. It might be torn or burned or broken down. It was a common metaphor for the human body that we hear him use in this letter today. It reminded me of this story. There was a young man growing up in Alabama who was a huge football fan, as you have to be if you're from Alabama, I think. He dreamed of one day playing for the Crimson Tide. But at the age of 13, he was diagnosed with rheumatic fever and was confined to his bed for six months. You could just imagine a 13-year-old boy stuck in bed while his friends are playing outside. There in bed, he listened to radio reports of World War II and football, of course, on Saturday mornings. And his dreams might have seemed unattainable. His health was deteriorating. He could have given up. While football was a welcome distraction, he says it was his faith in God that kept him going. And eventually, he recovered after surgeries. He went on to play quarterback even and actually got the chance to play for his beloved University of Alabama. Today, at age 90, Bobby Bowden is known for being a faithful Christian, a loving father and husband, and one of the most successful football coaches in history. And despite all of his success on the football field, he is more concerned with sharing his faith, helping others, and making a difference in the lives of those he meets. Paul writes about the pain we experience in our bodies and the longing to be free of this human struggle, pointing to the promise that we have in Jesus of new life. He writes to sustain this community that is being torn by divisive rhetoric, others preaching a different kind of message, these new Christians being persecuted and oppressed and facing conflict from within as well. And he knows about their struggles. He knows what they're going through, and he calls them to have faith nevertheless. He reminds them of the promise to keep them focused on what matters most and to encourage them to be confident in their faith. We need that too. We also need to be encouraged in these difficult times. And we need to know that the struggles we face are real, but that they will come to an end. And the word of God has not changed. The gospel is not a false hope built on making us happy or comfortable or satisfying our individual desires and preferences. But it is a promise that our world is being made new. That we are loved and not defined by the ways we failed to live up to our calling as God's people. But that we are chosen and forgiven and that in the end we will find relief and healing from the difficulties that we face in our lives. So therefore, we begin with the end in mind. If we only live by what we can see, we will see pain and persecution and division and disease and selfishness and isolation and idolatry and greed and injustice. We'll see brokenness and death. The life we live here is characterized by those consequences of our sin, our selfish choices, our broken reality. But living by faith means that when we feel the burden of our human frailty and we call on that name of Jesus, we will be made to see again with new eyes. 
Jesus gives us these eyes of faith to see that the promise is still good. And like this story of Jesus healing the blind man, it might not happen all at once. It's a little blurry at first. We kind of see, but not really. But eventually, in the end, we are made new. We're made to see with these eyes of faith, not to return to the old ways, to our destructive habits, to our routines of self-sabotage, to being victims unable to make a difference, but to see that because we have a Savior, one who has endured the reality of suffering and pain and death and has raised up for us, that we are with him. He's in us. And we can be faithful nevertheless. We walk by faith and then we live differently. Theologian, seminary professor Craig Kester says that just as human conflict led to the crucifixion of Jesus, God's message of resurrection is a refusal to let human conflict set the terms for the future. Walking by faith means we are free to live this transformed life here and now. Already, you are God's new creation. And just like little Jeremiah at that font last week, in baptism you are claimed and forgiven, freed and called into Christ Jesus. And how can we know that? How can we live it here and now in this world, in this part of the kingdom? Well, that part doesn't happen all at once. It's a process. Maybe it's a winding road. Maybe it's a little bit at a time. But it begins with hearing this good news and participating in this cycle of repentance and forgiveness and gathering and sending and giving grace and receiving it and serving those entrusted to our care and those we encounter on the journey, sharing it everywhere we go. You probably don't need me to read you a newspaper to know there are people in desperate need of encouragement and hope just outside our door. But you are in Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ, one who communicates what this Christ-centered life is all about. And this is the mission we share, to speak the gospel of Jesus, to carry our faith into a hurting world, to share it with our children in our relationships through acts of selflessness to our neighbors that are close at hand and to advocate for change and to lift the voices of those oppressed everywhere. In faith, we know that whatever struggles we face, Jesus walks with us, even and especially when we can't see. And the Holy Spirit lives in us, giving us what we need for today to get us from this moment to the next, to persevere. And when you know you are saved, when you believe you are freed and forgiven and reconciled to God and to your neighbor through the redeeming love of Jesus, you are able to move forward, to, to live that reality, to live boldly and serve others with courage and recognize that so many blessings surround you. Even when the world groans and our bodies fail us and our relationships are strained and even if we have to take a step back to take a step forward, we can have faith nevertheless 
And we can be assured that there is good stuff yet to come, that Jesus has prepared a place for us, that our lives are not ours alone, but are for the world and are for a reason. Be gentle with yourself, dear church, and with one another. Walk by faith, live by faith, and rejoice. Christ is faithful for us. Amen.